Hello adventurers! Welcome to our campaign finale. In case you missed it, here's what happened last time on The Incursible Party. Refusing to relinquish the eyes of Dendar to Kalar, the newly freed son promises to reduce everything the party holds dear in this world to rubble. Realizing they need to utilize the weapon on the deck of the Rising Four, Shaft, Mia, and Falzern climb aboard, leaving Shakara face to face with Kalar. Let's get back to our thrilling aspiring conclusion. Don't don't worry. I'll I'll be I'll stay here. I'll occupy him. You know, for like a second, maybe. Part of this <laughs> is all your fault. You know, if you die, you die. Leland's drinking wine. It happens sometimes. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding. I saw the wine. I, I knew you it was coming. gave her the you gave her the freaking eye, man. Well, yeah, but he went after her for a bit instead of coming straight for me. Uh, that's true. That's fair, 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 fair. The paladins are next. You see the three that are already in the weapon. They they do what they need to. They they interact with Tinderman's like kind of toy soldiers, right? And charge up their their section. Leasha, however, will attempt to break out. Uh, wow, she succeeds, so she's completely free. And as she does so, she kicks through, right? Praise Thor! And she, you know, looks at you, Mia. And she will take yes. a position around the weapon, although to break free was her action, so she can't actually do anything with it. But she will get into position. The brood. Unfortunately, the brood of Kalar, one is on Grimby, is going to take two bites, 17 and 11. So 17 is going to hit... Grimby takes not too much. Ooh, 11 piercing, but he, he actually isn't raging because that's been done because there was a number of rounds where he didn't attack. Shaft, you do have one on you. The bite, 18 to hit. I will use defensive duelist and swing my short sword up and clip his tooth as he comes in to bite me. Okay, and then he kind of rounds with one of his scythe-like claws... Ooh, only for an eight, so missing as well. The third brood of Kalar. You see, he's kind of uh, like five feet northeast of the weapon. He's got Leash. He's on Leasha after her repositioning, but he just lets out a, a, a breath of chilled air uh, against Leasha, Paladin ten, and Paladin six. Each of them needs to make a constitution saving throw. Yikes. All three rolling sub 10. Those two paladins from the same family. Their parents had so many kids, they just got tired of coming up with names. They just got numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's the majority of who had roles with with Samuel Colt. Samuel takes anybody. <laughs> it just it doesn't care who you're from, what's your background. You'll, you, you join up, you pledge your loyalty. <laughs> loyalty, he's fine. Be nice. Samuel sacrifices life. Speak of him in reverence. He did <laughs> intentionally sacrifice his life. Each of them taking 13 cold damage, which unfortunately is enough to kill each of them. You see the, oh, the no. cold spreads across their bodies, right? They become rigid and encased in the ice breath before tilting over and shattering on the deck of the Rising Four, leaving one paladin left. Paladin nine. <gasps> it killed Leasha? She just praised Thor. She did dang just it. praise she Thor. It seems Thor. She should have praised harder. Thor has I been need absent. an evil Mia campaign where she abandons Thor because he abandoned her. <laughs> oh, oh my! 
uh, Halsa, uh, having spent time on the Rising Four under Grimby's command, is certainly well-versed in the utilization uh, of the weapon. So she's going to take her position at it, really waiting to just fire the, the synchronized firing of every... Think of them as like stations on this weapon that need to be synchronized to, to utilize the, the full capability of it. So she's ready in position. Braun, still on the ground. He sprints up behind Shakar, seeing how grievously wounded she is. He's going to cast a Cure Wounds at level 2, which, because you are beaconed, max healing, which is going to be a total of 20 hit points. 2d8 plus his Wisdom modifier. Grimby, you see Grimby, like, kind of counts around the number of people left up here. Himself, I, uh, one uh, points to me, uh, two shaft, three, uh, a pal nine, uh, a four, and also a five. Oh, yeah, but uh, I best be getting up there. Uh. And then he is going to, because that station has been activated, he just needs to disengage, and he sprints around and up to the northern, like, the northern tip of the weapon, uh, basically stepping over the the shattered remains of Laasha, engaging himself with this brood spawn, but just taking his position to hold firm there. Flesh Golem, newly recharged, will just continue towards Kalar, taking his own swipes at him. Does he, like, praise Thor while doing it? <laughs> the Flesh Golem does not <laughs> praise Thor while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> He gets uh, only a 9 and a 17, unfortunately. Both hits uh, do not make it through the armor. It's like he's clawing ineffectively. You know, maybe once, you know, Isabella's gone and then he loses Jessica, maybe just his undead heart just isn't in it anymore, you know? (laughs) He might just be going through the motions. Next, however, is Kalar. You see, he, like, kind of regards the scythe, uh, will choose not to continue using it. But with the gauntlets, I mean, again, even the, the gold of the armor, like, diminishing, the, the radiance of it the kind of diminishing. And you can see the, the spots and dents and scrapes of your blows, like, actually having an effect on them as he continues to use it. But he will blast uh, Shakara with the first hit here. <laughs> 28 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Oh, boy. Take 21 force damage. And you see, though, even as... He blasts you with this gauntlet. The intensity of the blue, the the flash of light, right, as he emits the energy blast, it too seems diminished. And he will hit you with a second one or attempt to. Ooh, only a 16. Ooh, that misses. All right, unable to get a hold of the second eye. You see he misty steps 60 feet into the air. Bastard. He just, he just goes straight up, like 60 feet straight up from his position. Start of round nine with Falzerin. <sighs> okay, well, I'm going to say that Falzerin is hoping or, or maybe was able to witness and recognize that Shakara had used Death Ward. As much as he's worried about how bad Shakara looks, he's, uh, he's banking on that being, what's the word, an ace in your pocket? Something like that. Ace in the hole. Ace in, yeah. Pocket in the hole. The pocket hole, yep. <laughs> Ace in the hole is worth two in the bush. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, yeah. A, that angel thing. <laughs> two birds, one stone. He he sees these brood spawn swarming the people trying to use the, 
the weapon in the middle of the ship, he's going to cast Fireball. Basically, he can hit all three of them and can sculpt safety for any allies. So, deck saves. Brute Spawn 1 gets a 9. Brute Spawn 2 gets a 19. Brute Spawn 3 gets a 5. 34 for those who failed. The DC, I think my DC is 19. Okay, so Brute Spawn is the only one that passed. So he takes half, so he takes 17. Brute Spawn 1 and 3, however. Uh, 3 looks severely damaged after taking some some hits from uh, from Grimby beforehand. So Leland. <laughs> so William. I could create a line more or less right there. And anybody who like straddles that line gets pushed. But don't we have to surround the weapon so that like takes that away from That's us? That's my question. Do ha do does it have to be five people like evenly spread around the weapon or just able to be adjacent to it in some form or other? Uh, yeah, you kind of do need access, like, encircling it. But I would say that there's certainly still room where you can cut the wall of force across the 5 by 5 spaces, right? Because you get to choose, I believe, which side of the wall you shunt a creature to, correct? Yes. Okay. So you can absolutely, like, leave enough, like, almost feel like you're leaving, like, this three, even if it's a three or four foot gap, a medium creature can squeeze through that right like it might those few squares would be considered to be difficult terrain uh with move when we're counting movement but you can absolutely position it as you know the the brood spawns are almost in this perfect line they're kind of in this you know like uh two arranged vertically and then a, a one kind of off to the five foot to the right of spawn one and two so i think you can definitely cut across and utilize the spell the wall to, to kind of push them on the other side of it. And obviously with the size of the wall of force, you can like basically completely cut off the entire deck of the ship from the spawn. Yeah, yeah, I could, cause it's, it's 10 five foot by five foot squares. So if I wanted to make it 10 feet tall, that still gives me five. Now keep in mind each of these spawns does look like they're sporting a set of uh, like crystalline skeletal wings so they they may have the capability to fly over whatever obstruction you you put obviously the wall of force is invisible so they don't know how high it is without actually moving to it and like basically consuming their movement to figure out how high they need to go to actually get over it yeah let's do that then i will burn one of my slots on my pendant to cast wall of force and sort of on a diagonal sort of like a 30 degree angle ish i'm gonna sort of bisect the boat and push them away from the weapon all right <laughs> as far as movement goes i'm gonna stay where i am i think i feel like i've got a decent uh, view of the battlefield here and i'm relatively safe from an aoe hopefully won't get caught up in something that would hit the, the group of allies. Well done, uh, Shakara. Do I still feel the connection to Dendar? As far as what? As far as becoming Dendara. Oh yeah, you still believe that you can certainly utilize that ability, yes, absolutely. I will see Kalar shoot 60 feet up in the air ahead of me, on top of me, straight up. 
and I will change to Dendara, and as I am transforming, I will shoot my head up and look straight at him and exhale blue energy. Okay. So you suffer a fifth level of exhaustion as you transform. Oh, and I need a a dex save. Add a girl. Give me five short rests. I can heal you. (laughs) 27. He's saved, but he still takes half damage. 29. Half of 29. And I will fly up in the air next to him. All right. (laughs) Your massive stretched form is... Uh, you are transforming, and obviously all of your equipment, including the second eye, transforms yes. with you. You can't move. You have five levels of exhaustion. You're... As Dadara, I do not feel any of the exhaustion. Oh. But when I change back, I will be hurting. That is correct, yes. As Dendara, she is immune to the effects of the condition. It does not mean she cannot gain levels of exhaustion but uh, she does not succumb to the negative effects of those levels of exhaustion. All right, so you are also 60 feet up with Kalar, uh, but we move to Mia. Okay, Mia is going to become the fifth person surrounding this weapon. She's moving past Shaft, wall of force to one side, weapon on the other, and I'm going to start muttering and doing the things. Does that take my action? That will take your action, correct. Bonus action. Spiritual weapon. Where's uh, Kalar again? <laughs> Kalar is currently engaged with Dendara 60 feet in the air. Oh, frick. Like, so my weapon's got two rounds left. It's not going to make it. <laughs> but hey, there's nothing stopping you recasting it and putting it in a different position. Fair. I might do that. Because it doesn't take concentration. I still have a storm brewing above. It's there. Right. Um, that takes my full action, though. Okay, yeah, let's re... Let's re... Let's see. I got a second level spell slot left. Let's, let's recast Spiritual Weapon right next to Kalar. And take a swing at it. Bring it. Oof. 14 to hit. Ooh, that is not enough. So I don't get my extra damage or anything on this turn. But I do think with the weapon surrounded, it is worth it. So that's my turn. All right, Shaft. Okay, so I'm manning the weapon. So mm-hmm. I think uh, it's time to shoot this thing. What what else do we uh, have to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be the fifth station to charge it. So you must use your action to charge. And the next round, it can be fired. I will charge up. Is that Visa or MasterCard? <laughs> Bonus action of any kind? No, I don't really have anything that can can do anything for me right now. I, I guess I could cast Hunter's Mark on on uh, Kalar, but it's not going to help with the weapon, so... Okay, then if your turn is over, the Paladins are next, and you got there just in time to, to light up your station of it, and the Paladins now can fire it at... Kalar. So let's all roll our 10d10. <laughs> the Paladin. We need to name this Paladin 9. Yeah, you should get you should anoint Paladin 9 with some time. I only got a 6, unfortunately, for my 2d10. I only got a 4. 9. Ugh. 10 for Shaft. 15 for Falzern. That means 44 force damage. Again, blast into Kalar. Like, you see, like... Uh, it rocks. Obviously, this is a, a huge 
beam of radiance that kind of flashes right as each of you standing at the base of the of the weapon again almost like like shying away from it right to pr protect your eyes full damage though to kalar he definitely has been bloodied though he is bloodied now all right uh the children of kalar you see they like move forward again towards now mia would be the closest on the other side of the wall of forces shafting grimby they uh, like bump into this wall that has shunted them clearly not very bright at all and they're just they just claw and bite at it right ineffectively you see the one of them uh brutes on one kind of gets the bright idea. it takes one and three but one and three gets the bright idea to fly up right and you see he raises 10 feet still clawing and biting and finding just wall uh so he's kind of in the process of testing out the limits of whatever is in front of it clearly like not fully understanding hulsa at her station just immediately back to charging her part of the weapon brawn still on the ground with the flesh golem now with dendara and klar above him he kind of backs away he doesn't want to be directly underneath like this the blue flames emitting from dendara's uh, mouth right and uh klar up there with with his own gauntlets like the palms glowing their own blue so he'll kind of back off away from that uh 30 feet i think he's he's kind of really gonna chill uh oh no no he can send up a sacred he'll send up a sacred flame at klar so klar will make a dexterity check uh saving throw 25 Unfortunately, as a cantrip, does no damage on a save, uh, but that is all Brawn has. Grimby, also manning the weapon, will take his action to charge. Flesh Golem, unfortunately, unable to do anything from on the ground, uh, as Kalar is 60 feet above. Kalar, next, taking in Dendara's form, and he just kind of regards you, Dendara. How much you remind me of Mother. But instead of attacking you, he will finally open the lead box with the eye. And you and he can both make a constitution saving throw as you're exposed to his light. He gets a 27. Of course he does. Eight? Oh, Dendara suffers mm. a six level of exhaustion. Which, if you transform before <laughs> it being reduced, is lethal. <laughs> D and D Beyond, I clicked six and it changed my health bar to a death. Exhaustion level oh six, no. death. Okay, well, <laughs> just just dead. As Dendara, again, you are not immediately killed with that six level, but if you were to transform, Shakara would suffer every effect of the levels of exhaustion and immediately be killed. You see, though, Kalar. He grabs the eye from the box and just lets the, the lead container just fall 60 feet as it clatters to the stone below him. He, he takes it, he like kind of rears his head back as if he's about to headbutt, simultaneously bringing his hand with the eye, slamming it into his own face, into his orbital socket. A squirt of blood and you can all hear the crack of bone as the single eye of Dendara, it, it kind of shrinks and morphs into Kalar's face. Now a vibrant blue gem kind of rests where his eye 
should be. You know, as he does so, like a kind of this this shimmer of blue spreads across his his body, right? Just like almost like this this edged wave of of light, and those sections of scale that you know were diminished and had like flaked and and been smashed off by spells and weapons. It's like again they're renewed and and the vibrancy of gold, not quite to where you know the level of it was once immediately assembled. But clearly, like, this surge of power radiates through Kalar as he incorporates this single eye of Dendar into his body. With the scythe in hand now, predominantly wielding in his right hand, he switches it to his left and he raises it uh, as the, the blade still, almost like as he moves it, it, the blade is, like, clearly loose and, like, flopping around, almost like it's made of rubber. You know, like, if you take a the end of a pencil and you you shake it up and down to make it look as if it's rubber. That's kind of the effect that's happening. But the blade begins to glow red hot as the Kalar raises it. And he holds out his right arm. The armor like almost like peels and liquefies and melts back up to his shoulder. And he brings the blade down just right at the right above where the bicep would be right severing his naked right arm jamming the handle of the scythe into to the stump and it too morphs and incorporates with kalar kind of forming this lengthened arm you know a point of articulation where an elbow normally would be right and then the flesh ends and the red hot blade of of a curved scythe blade kind of stretches out past it well, this seems bad <laughs> <laughs> his his voice kind of kind of booms the son the mother and the father will soon become one the world will quake and crumble under our rule that though takes kind of his action economy to to do so so unable to strike out at dendara we go back to the top, Falzerin. So, Falzerin, how are you gonna kill him? How's it going? You wanna kill Steel? You want some Statman? What you got left? How, like, how are you on spell slots? Real talk. Run, running out. How are you on wanting to come over and help us with this weapon? Because you are pretty close. He doesn't need to help us, he just needs to hit him. <laughs> Hit him with everything you got, because if we hit him again, it might do it. Magic missile, baby. Auto hit. So I would say those uh, standing at the weapon, you see, like, after, you know, after the aftermath of, of it being fired, the rainbow glow between the, the toy soldiers and, and the, the actual apparatus that is the weapon. Like, you all know, based on some things that happened at the temple of cultists, there's a shortage of phlogiston. And it seems like mm. there's enough for the charge that's been in it. But the tu- connecting tubules to the sol- toy soldiers that Shaft, Mia, and Paladin and Nine surround, no longer glowing with that rainbow golden, the sparkly swirls of colors. Just these black tubules as if they, they lay dormant now. Get the feeling Leland doesn't want us to win. 
hey, these are consequences of actions taken 120 episodes ago. <laughs> the end is near. Mia is giving all she's got. Just to clarify, we don't think we can fire this again. You see that it's like two-fifths charged right now. And does not look as if it has enough juice to charge the rest of the way. Could we cut my aorta? Well, your phlogiston does not run through your veins. Celestial blood runs through your veins. But hey, if you want to mutilate yourself in hopes of functioning the weapon, <laughs> by all means, do so. We have a few vials of that stuff kicking around, right? <laughs> I don't know how much. Unless there's more down below. I would think it would be, like, fully pumped It'd in. it take about five minutes and go searching for some more phlogiston down in the... Either you got something that'll hit him with a 20 or above. I am going to upcast uh, Gravity Sinkhole. Again. To fifth level. My goal is for it to pull him up even higher in hopes that he fails and then he falls from a very high height. So, uh, Constitution saving throw. A critical fail, which means that he got an 11. Nice. Big. Wait, what? Big. Critical fiddle is an 11? Yeah, he's in the armor, babe. We've <laughs> talked about this. Freak. <laughs> no, it's the armor. And he's freak. I mean, did you see what yeah. he just did to himself? <laughs> he is a bit of a freak, isn't he? All his saving throws, I've like, been high. taking away 10 makes sense as a roll, but it's, it's just, they've all had, like, plus 10. I, I had too many. Oh, don't worry about counting. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about <laughs> Yeah, we oh yeah, now we trust you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I like the way you think, John. 46 force damage. Yes. Nice. Oh. Yes. So failing, he is pulled 20 feet up higher, but unfortunately, due to his ability to fly, it just kind of moves him. So he doesn't plummet 80 feet down. I had a feeling that might happen. That really only puts him, like, still kind of on, almost on par with Dendar. Dendar is just huge, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of, like, pulls him up almost to eye level with Dendara, really. Mouth level. Okay, uh, Faldrin, well done. Do you have any movement? I do. However, I still feel I'm in a pretty good place tactically speaking, so I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm kind of off toward the front of the boat, away from everyone. Just just behind the railing so I can see down and also, I mean, I guess I'd be able to see up regardless of where I am, but yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stay there. Now, I, I believe this is your last round of blink, correct? Oh, I didn't even roll last time. Mm. You're right. It wouldn't be the end of a campaign without you forgetting something, you know? And blink fails. <laughs> okay, uh, Dendara. As Kalar is pulled up to my mouth level, I will try and take a chomp out of him with a 25. That hits. Big chomps. Big chomp energy. 25 points of damage, and I will take a little nibble while I'm there. <laughs> Dude. Big, 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 big. Oh, but I lose my grip, and that's only a 12. Unfortunately, a miss. Uh, but first hit, devastating. Devastating. Very well done. Mia. Tastes gross, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can see, like, from where the eye is embedded, like, thick, dark blue veins kind of spreading out 
from you know his orbital bone on the side of his face clearly down the neck down below neath hidden behind underneath the chest plate uh, you know where the armor starts well it's good to know we probably won't shoot this weapon off again so Mia's got her turn back um, I'm going to dismiss the previous hammer and a new spectral hammer is going to appear right <laughs> okay. in Klar's <laughs> butthole <laughs> And it's, it's going to be upcast. We're going to try to freaking end this guy. So a hammer appears right at the bum of Kalar, fourth level. Let's try to hit him. 21 to hit. A 21 does hit. He will use his reaction. Uh, and you see, like, the as the hammer smacks into him, it's like it... You know, the, the hammer itself kind of reverberates almost like a like a tuning fork. And you feel the vibrations in yourself, right, as your connection with it. And you're going to take 18 force damage. Mia shakes it off. She's all right. <laughs> the storm above starts rumbling. Call my lightning down on him. Dexterity saving throw, please. Uh, 25. That is a save. So half of 29. So 14 damage. Do I need to do a concentration save? Uh, you will after the reaction to rebound, yes, to maintain your storm. Technically, that would happen before you called lightning, so go ahead and roll that uh, constitution saving throw. Okay, well, I got 22. All right, so yeah, we're okay. definitely fine, definitely fine. Okay, uh, well done. Shaft. Okay, I see this weapon's not doing anything anymore, so I'm going to run over to the, the side of the boat take out the bow, level it off, try to find a good bulbous part of his belly, and loose an arrow. Dude, if Bryn's bow finishes him, what an epic circle of life. It's a 19 to hit. That is a miss. <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. A 19. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Oh, he's so close. Zacy is 20 with the armor. What about Lucky? You out of luck points? No, I'm out of luck points. <sighs> Paladins, weapon unable to be charged. The children of Kalar still... The two two of them now... It uh, looks like they're about 20 feet behind. You see the Bruce Bond 1, the one that had taken flight, kind of finding the limits of the wall. So that's the wall of force is 20 feet high, correct, Balzer? That's right. All right, so they got to go another 10... And then with a 30-foot movement, they actually can come down right next to me. Only the, the one Bruce one, as the Bruce one 2 and 3 are essentially 10 feet behind. So they've kind of found the limits, too, and are hovering like 5 feet, 10 feet above Mia and Shaft now. But Bruce one 1, a bite, 15, and a claw with 15. Two misses, unaffected. Hulsa. Praise Thor. Uh, kind of takes Shaft lead, fall, uh, charges to the railing uh, on the southern side of the rising floor. Eldritch blasts into Kalar. Ouch. Uh, a 13 and a 17. Both are going to miss, unfortunately. Grimby. Now with a spawn right in front of him, we'll just take two swings. Jeez, Grimby. Come on, man. A 14 and a 17. Both are going to miss. It's okay. I still love them. Flesh Golem, still really just kind of meandering. He's just kind of like (laughs) 
lurching around <laughs> underneath, kind of yeah. watching everything. Um, Kalar. <laughs> We're not letting you live, bro. <laughs> but thanks for hanging around. Nah, Kalar is going to Misty Step. Somebody take his Misty card away. Oh, jeez. 50 feet over to the northern edge of uh, the rising floor. Kind of right on, almost like hovering above the railing of it. And you see the single, singular Eye of Dendar in his face now. It begins to glow, right? And he, his jaw like unhinges like a, like a snake. And he exhales a blue flame on everybody around the weapon, which pretty much is everybody except Falzern on the deck of the Rising Four. So you can each make me a constitution, or sorry, you can each make me a dexterity saving throw, please. 27 for Shaft. Mia rolled a six. Unfortunately, Paladin nine doesn't matter what what they get. There are no Paladins left. No. Hulsa, oof, only gets a six. Grimby <gasps> with advantage, however, is ooh wow. Grimby only gets a, a seven. So oh, no. the only person that passes is Shaft. So mm. Shaft, you're gonna take 15 necrotic damage. Everyone else takes 30 necrotic damage, which actually does include Brood Spawn one. I am resistant to necrotic. M- Mia's hurt, though. I mean, you see Brutswan 1 just, like, took the full brunt of that, too. It's it's wavering. Uh, Kalar cannot sculpt, clearly. Wow. Back to the top. Round 11 with Falzern. You see, despite the, you know, almost like surge and renewal of the acquisition of the singular Eye of Dendar, like Kalar, like the armor... The, sh- the sheen is gone now. It looks it looks clearly battle-hardened. Uh, scrapes and scratches and dents, flaked scales, right? Every every time it takes a hit, these blue scales kind of flake off and almost like evaporate into, into nothing before they even touch the ground. He's looking rough. Kalar's looking definitely hurt. Falzerin has seen that Gravity Sinkhole's been fairly effective so far. He's going to cast it again. He unfortunately is not able to upcast it, but... He will cast it at fourth level. Oof, 25 for Kalaris Khan. Okay, that is, that is a pass. Freaking spiritual weapon has not enough movement for Misty Step. Mm-hmm. A little bit perturbed. 43 force damage. Well, half of 43 force damage. And he will not be pulled. Um, and as far as movement goes, Falzerin is going to move more toward... Uh, not necessarily closer to the party, but he's going to move away from the railing and more toward the uh, the middle of the ship. All right. <laughs> Do you still have Blink? No, Blink is done. Blink, Blink is done. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Bad time for Blink to cut out. I could cast it again, but I, I feel like it's worth just doing damage. Dendara. I will see where Kalar went, and I will fly over to him with my mouth agape so I could take a big big bite out of his big, big belly. <laughs> to be clear, it's just the token that is corpulent. Clara <laughs> <laughs> is shredded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, shredded like a sumo. I mean, 25 to hit with the first bite. Yeah. 25 points of damage. Excellent, excellent hit. Second chomp. 24 to hit. That would hit. But he does have his reaction oh. back. He it will add it. He will use his reaction to add a plus five to his AC. You are going to take twenty-eight force damage 
as this reflective shield just kind of rebounds on your physical attack. Wow, he's so close. <laughs> Sliver of health. Just as slim as he is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mia. There's no way my hammer is going to get over there. <laughs> I'm looking to see how much I can, if I can move. I can't move my storm. I mean, you see that, like, his left gauntlet, like, the one normal arm he has, like, it's sparking blue sparks from its palm, right? <sighs> no spell slot left. It'd be really cool if I could, like, imbue my weapon. But anyway, we're gonna use my hammer. Good old-fashioned chucking of the hammer. First time this entire campaign. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, this, whole, this whole fight, for sure, I didn't use the hammer. So... Plus 10 to hit, fingers crossed. 23 to hit. That hits. He's used his reaction. Ooh, I rolled okay. 18 plus 6, 24 damage. As you let go of your hammer, like sparks emitting from it, and it just solidly smacks him right in the chest. And he like crumples around the impact. And his limp, dead body just falls to the deck of... The Rising Four. Woo! Woo! Priest Thor. As you deal the the killing blow to to Kalar, like the the last of those blue scales of the armor, they fall from his body, right? Again, turning into like wisps of blue smoke before they hit the ground. And his form like begins to rapidly shrivel and desiccate inside of the armor. Like skin blackens and tightens muscle and fat, I guess, if you're looking at the token, eaten away <laughs> to nothing, leaving this mummified corpse like collapsing under the weight of the armor pieces as they clang in a heap on the deck of the Rising Four. The scythe kind of uh, almost like morphs back in, in the eye, right? Both of these artifacts kind of changing back uh, during that desiccation process into their you know, original forms before before Kalar had kind of absorbed them. The two clang to the deck of the ship. The eye, though, no longer emits a blue light. The scythe looks, again, worn, the handle covered in, in spots of, of rot. The blade, like you could, a stiff wind could disconnect the pieces of, of metal to it. And you've defeated... Kalar, uh, his brood spawns, you, you see, you know, as that scythe kind of disconnects, they almost stiffen in their movements as they're like menacing above you and next to you. It's not like a desiccation like what Kalar went through, but it's it's too like, like this vibration, like this humming sound, and they like just vibrate themselves apart into tiny pieces of, of, of chitin and flesh and gore as they almost like all three of them around you. You are left with nothing but the flesh golem in the courtyard to oppose you. <laughs> Can I use my bonus action to whack him with my spirit? <laughs> <weapon>? Sure. <laughs> 23 to hit. <laughs> 23 hits. I do an extra 10 force. Okay. And, and like, so as your hammer hits, almost like uh, from your cloud above, storm clouds darken and an additional strike of lightning kind of lances down into your hammer channeling this additional force 
and the flesh golem kind of again it's wherever it's stitched just comes unraveled and, uh, and unstitched and it just falls apart in a heap of parts and a rolling thunder follows the strike and the the thunder kind of turns into a familiar voice well 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 you know as they say you might not get what you want but we'll give you what you need as the you know the voice of the the shopkeeper kind of reverberates around this courtyard in the air and from mia your storm cloud like a, a bolt of lightning kind of strikes each of you any you know conditions including exhaustion will be removed and you are each healed 70 hit points perhaps Ooh, a little nice. too late but thor finally has made his appearance <gasps> thor's the magic user magic shop the guy magic guy <laughs> i knew it all along what now <laughs> uh well shakara will land on the ship and assuming that she no longer has exhaustion transform back to herself and run to Grimby and Hulsa. Hey, uh, what the hell just happened? Oh, my, my. Well, hey, we got the Ryzen 4 back. Yes. Yes, this will make a wonderful ship for you. Hey, uh, he kind of looks around to each of you, you know, clasping a, a, a hand on, on Mia and, and Shaft. Uh, what? What do we do now? Uh, Falzern, can you, can you go get Braun? He's, he's still down there. Yes, yes, of course. Falzern will reach into his bag and coax Denny out, climb aboard, and swoop over to try and pick Braun up. I put a hand on, on Mia, and the other hand I take off the shackles. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean... We did it! Thank and I put him in my pocket. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without you, Shaft. You know, Grimby... Shakara, all of you, I would like nothing more than to spend a little while recuperating and relaxing. And I, my place is not very big, but I would be honored uh, if you would come with me. It, 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 I need to check on my parents. I assume uh, Grimby can fly the ship. Grimby? I, uh, be able to take any of you wherever you want to be. But yes, me, I, I I understand if if you can't take me up on the offer now. Perhaps after you've checked on your family, you would come pay me a visit. We can spend some time in Heracleon without the threat of danger looming overhead. Will you take over the island? I I don't know. It does need leadership. I don't know that I'm the one to do it, but I certainly will help whoever I can. Pauzer and I believe in you. I believe you can do this. You could hold an election, you know, democracy and all. Yes, I, I, I don't know. I appreciate the vote of confidence, but I want what's best for Heracleon. Perhaps Drag could assist you. That would be fantastic. I, I do miss Drag, and I long to see him get more of his confidence back. I think Heracleon would be the best place for him to do that. Why don't you take a little rest before you get into politics, Falzern? <laughs> How about a vacation? Uh, I, I think that's very good advice, Shaft. 
I, I think, you know, to be fair, politicking is probably not what I'm best cut out for. I, I'm perhaps a little bit too good at being honest. Sh- Shikara, what? Where's the, the eyes? They look as if they are dormant. I'll pull out the other eye and see if it's the same. <laughs> you want to open the, open the lead box? Yep. Well, I'll go, I'll go 15 feet away first. <laughs> I haven't had a level of exhaustion in such a long time. <laughs> well, I, Ooh, need, I, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. One moment. And I'll go 15 feet away and open the box. Yes, and as soon as you crack the lid, you're, you're washed in the blue light of it, and you can make a constitution saving throw to avoid a level of exhaustion. This one's still good. 24. Okay, yes, you do avoid, and you're able to, like, slam it back shut after checking on the second eye. I look at Grimby and say, Don't go anywhere. Leave the ship here. I'll be right back. And climb over the side of the boat and head out the front of the keep. Where'd he go? And after a few minutes, I want to walk back in with the shackles on Nina. <laughs> walk it around. All right. Never going to lose her now. <laughs> Just to be a little more secure. And, uh, Try to get her up onto the boat. Yes, and, uh, you know, Grimby can certainly lower it as there is the space in this courtyard. We'll be able to, you know, get it as far down. Basically, land it right on, on those. There's like kind of like a landing gear almost, right, that can extract a, a bunch of legs. And then you the cargo hold door, which kind of lowers down for you to be able to just walk onto the ship. Well, uh, what do you say? I don't know about you, but I, I'm in need of a good rest. Perhaps... A shepherd's pie and a nice the nice stone under my feet do you have ale bender ale here you know what i don't know I, I i never saw any here hey uh the world is our oyster as they say we can go wherever we like well mayhaps we drop mia off at barrack see the situation there we'll take the ride if you're offering i Speaking for myself, Braun, I just... The two of us, we could track down Niyogi and just make sure we eradicate that species from Aspara. Mia, have you thought about searching out the remaining paladins? You would make a wonderful leader. Of, uh, of, of Samuel's forces? Yeah, there's still bugs to kill, right? Made it a lot easier to track down those Niyogi. She's right, Mia. I'm so young. Will they listen to me? I'm sure you have more than proven yourself. Just just look at all of all of them who have eagerly supported you so far, Mia. I, I'm sure you would be up to the task. I, I, um, I look at Bron, but... Sister, I, I, I think you must realize that there's more power that you wield outside of what Thor can offer you. You yourself are, are, are forced to be reckoned with. I agree with you, Shakara. I believe you would be an excellent leader for a force of good. You're Mia Brightwood. You can do anything. It, it's just weird. I, I, I hadn't thought this far ahead. Um, I don't know that any of us believed we would make it through this day. Shakara, you really did live up to your end of, of things, and trusting you is not a mistake. I, I'm proud of you. You, you did it. What are you going to do with the eye now, or eyes. Keep them safe as best I can. 
But what if Dendar wants to come back? I believe that is a problem for different people, a different age. Maybe we should take these pieces and, I don't know, separate them. Do the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah, it's worked for quite a few hundred years, right? That sounds like a good idea to me, Shaft. I am glad I found you guys. It's been a short time, but it feels like I've known you guys for years. Yes, I feel I know all of you very well. I certainly think that with anyone else, I wouldn't have been able to have accomplished what I did. I'm very grateful for of bumping into all of you and sticking together through this. Many, many other people I'm sure would have turned back and fled in the face of what we've been through together. In the end, you are all okay, but I'm ready to go home. And where's that, Shaft? I'll send you a Christmas card. <laughs> What's Christmas? Thormus. <laughs> a Thormus card. <laughs> hey, uh, well then, uh, Valdrin, if you'd be staying here, I think uh, we best be setting sail as the, the sun rises and uh, we can get everyone where they need to go. Yes, uh, I'm tempted to, to travel with you to make sure, you know, Mia, I, I know you want to see your family, but I really do think Heraklion may need some help. As I said, my door is always open. Anyone who would like to come stay for a day or two, you're welcome. But no more than two days? <laughs> I don't I don't want anyone to overstay their welcome. Like, my hospitality only extends so far. <laughs> Mia, if you're out traveling, seeing to the, the remaining Miyogi, and you happen to cross paths with Dreg, please tell him I'm, I could use his help back in Heraklion. We need to rebuild, and there's, there's no other person I can think of that I would rather by my side. Of course. Bron, did you want to find Drag as well? Yes, I, I, I would like nothing more, but I, I agree with Mia. We must tend to our, our parents and, and see the state of Beric. I'm sure that, that Drag is safe wherever he, wherever he is. If you happen to go by Port Randis, you may find him there. Thank you, Shakara. I'm sure word will spread quickly, and, and hopefully word will make it to Dreg before too long. He'll make his way back here. I uh, bet they'd be uh, singing a sea shanty or two about uh, <laughs> what we all did here. You know, uh, in no time. <laughs> I'll uh, be writing it myself if uh, if no one else takes up the charge. I, uh, anyone on board ready to go, let's, let's go. Anyone else better be getting off me ship. Falzern will give everyone a nod, hop back on Denny, and sort of just slowly float off of the ship. I think he's going to stay on Denny to survey a little bit of the city as he makes his way back to his house. And Falzern, you see the Rising Four kind of lift up out of the courtyard and begin its trajectory towards the mainland. 
everyone on deck as it moves further and further away, becoming you know smaller, smaller dots of arms waving at first, and then becoming you know uh, unintelligible movements of, of of figures in the distance. And with their victory, they parted ways. Some manner of time passing before any of them saw each other again, if at all. Mia and Braun rallied the remaining paladins of Coltis, wresting Zexa, Altenshik, and Beric from the last vestiges of Niyogi control over many hard months of fighting. Sadly, many lives were lost in the process, including that of Mia's father, when the Temple of Thor was leveled in a last act of Niyogi cruelty. But Mia continued her role of leadership, overseeing the paladins of Coltis. She kept the name for obvious reasons. In an aspiring-wide effort to keep watch in the event any threat casts its shadow across the continent again. Be it Kralakina's return from the elemental plane of water, a streaking ball of fire carrying uninvited guests from the stars, or a centuries-old fey creature desperate to regain a very questionable love. With their father's passing, the burden of running the newly constructed Temple of Thor fell on Bronn's reluctant shoulders. Always knowing that responsibility would become his one day did nothing to alleviate his feelings of being trapped by fate and his upbringing. Still, upholding the teachings of Thor, Bronn made sure that Beric came to be home to the largest number of Drukalian refugees and those once enthralled by the Niogi who managed to escape the mountains. Falzern had gotten more than enough adventure during his time away from Heracleon. He was happy to be back home on the island where he could feel the familiar worn stone streets underneath his feet. But like many places in Aspara, there was much to rebuild after Isabella's brief stint as elder. Her rule causing significant loss of life and loss of reputation. It was years before the city was once again world-renowned for its academic proclivities. And you may not be surprised to hear that those efforts were not done under the direction and leadership of our favorite half-elf wizard. Now he can often be found instructing young wizards, especially those who have an interest in evocation. And if you're passing by his street and catch the smells of a hearty shepherd's pie, you can be sure that he's home and has at least one or two extra in the oven in case there is an adventurer looking for a place to stop for a rest and to share some tales from the mainland. Dreg Didge never stopped looking for a way to destroy the eyes of Dendar. And after hearing a retelling of the climactic battle in the Keep, his search included a way to destroy the armor of Kalar and the Scythe of Limic. To the point of obsession, he hid himself away in the secluded grove outside of Port Randis that he loved so much. Eventually, though, his friends were able to coax him out of his hiding place, reminding him that his many talents and protective nature could serve in other areas. He was New Heracleon's first elected elder, alongside the likes of Alstoff Tinnerman, whose past contributions to Heracleon were a major factor for his part in Isabella's regime being forgiven as actions performed under dress. And while those that had the misfortune of meeting Isabella certainly understood his position, rumors still circulate that he rigged the vote when he was elected. But nothing's been proved. Now Dreg spends the majority of his days handling diplomatic affairs in the city of Beric, working very closely and very happily with Bronn Brightwood. <laughs>
Shakara, Grimby, and Hulsa returned to Pisces, to the Gold Nicker, to check on Campbell. Finding the city's progress on reversing the tainted lake complete, and the dam north of Port Randis opened to drain the valley and restore much-needed trade and fishing on the river that had dried up because of it. The Rising Four became their home and their livelihood. Touring around Aspara looking for adventure, running supplies between the mainland and New Heraklion, stopping in to see Falzrin and sharing a shepherd's pie once in a while, indulging in some light smuggling, as Shakara would call it. She took quite well to the life on the airship. She never did seem to tire of feeling the wind blowing through her hair. After weeks of searching for Horik and Kepley, Shaft assumed they met the same volcanic demise as the city of Dracal and his hometown of Rockdale. When it was safe to do so, he and Nina took a brief stop in Zexa, where they laid Danzig's remains to rest in the cemetery atop a small hill on the edge of town. No name is engraved on the headstone, just one word, brother. Our two lovebirds then chartered a ship across the sea to the land of Altantera and made their home in the city of Diamondhead. There they established a security and exchange business. It is well known in Diamondhead that if one needs to acquire a rare item or confidential information, you go to Kepley's exchange. Many years after the party's final battle, a nondescript envelope arrived at the new temple of Thor in Barrack, addressed to one M. Brightwood. The note simply read, Mary Thormus, signed S. There was no return address. There are many, many more names we could add to this list of what really happened to them. Blake Lakely, Detmer, Julvi, Baklava, Hork, Kepley, Pran, Lag. Could be they were finally released from the cell they were thrown in for defying the paladins under Samuel's rule. Could be they perished in Drukal, the night of the eruption, pyroclastic flows overtaking the city in a very short time. But a not insignificant number of Drukalians escaped by means of paladin aid, by means of simple sprinting and screaming through the streets among the frightened and panicked. Others were uncovered during the rebuilding of Drukal, cooled molten rock sealing the entrance to old smuggling tunnels, chipped away to uncover survivors allowing those lucky few to re-establish their pawn shops, their fighting pits, their theaters and museums. Some took the time to retire far south, opting out of the securities and deposit game in exchange for a fulfilling, quiet life. Some took up their arms to fight for the paladins under new leadership. That happens to be one of the few people left in Aspar that can actually understand them. And as for the numerous artifacts left to deal with, the chestplate lies bundled in moth-ridden wrappings locked away within the Temple of Thor. The helm now rests in a secret compartment in Shaft's exchange vault, within a bag of holding, within a box, locked with a pair of manacles. The box is simply labeled, Memories with Friends. The one glowing Eye of Dendar is never far from Shakara, secured in a hidden hatch on the Rising Four. The rest were scattered across Aspara in seemingly random locations. Locations that I hope you won't mind if I keep to myself, dear listener. After all, any one of you could have disastrous ambitions of your own.
And that concludes our Sparin campaign. We did it. I'm crying. Oh, man, I can't believe it. I have to say that this truly, truly, truly was a pleasure to play something so prolonged over the four years with each of you. I mean, the, the, the amount that I personally have gotten from this campaign with the four of you, uh, growing a friendship with it, uh, telling this collaborative story throughout these four plus years. I mean, there, there, there aren't a number of words that, uh, you know, even I could come up with to try to, <laughs> to, to express just like my, my gratitude for the four of you and, and the show could end now you know, after campaign one, we nothing could be after this, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change a single thing uh, about what we've done uh, so far for for the show. So, I, I honestly just want to like the, the the depths of my blackened heart express as many thanks <laughs> as possible to to the four of you for for helping helping everything just be realized, helping Asparo become as interesting and and as as engaging as it has been because i just hope that you the four of you know that throughout this entire process and i will never stop preaching that this game is made with the four of you as players and the four of you are the center stage and the four of you make this show interesting and fun and tense and just worth listening and devoting the 200 plus episodes worth of time in listening to. So, so thank all of you, the four of you. Thank you so, so much for everything that you've given me. And I hope the listener feels like you've given them. Ditto. Yes. Likewise. It's been fantastic. Now I'm crying. (laughs) Bill, we learned how to play in this campaign and in this world. Yeah. Honestly, I've, I've said it before, but man, am I glad that I let Elena convince me to play D and D. Can you imagine? And like with you guys, and we've made other friends, and just I just I freaking love Dungeons and Dragons. I love this outlet for creativity, and like the friendships that have been made. I just yeah, I'm like Emily now. I'm crying. <laughs> but we didn't. You guys didn't die. Falzer and Shaft live on. I'm surprised. Kudos. I was ready for Falzer and to say goodbye, but I'm 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 happy about how everything ended. It it was a good send off for a Me characters. too. Well, very well done, Leland. Very well done. Yes. Thank you, thank you. I'm sure each of us are gonna have plenty to say in our final campaign one after party. Uh, but if there is nothing else the only thing we could possibly go out on is a happy adventure. Happy adventuring. Happy adventuring. Yes. Happy adventuring. Happy yes. adventuring. Well done, everybody. The constant flapping of the four sets of wings that keep the rising four aloft completely conceal the flapping of another set, a smaller set, the soft click and tap of talons on the well-worn wooden deck also inaudible.
Deft, calloused hands find their way to the hidden hatch, directed there by a dream. A lead box is opened just a crack by the prowler, spilling blue light into the darkness for a split second before closing it. That box is lifted from its hiding place, replaced with a single long white feather. One silver word is ostentatiously inked upon the calamus of the feather. Keck. This has been a Sounds of Steel production.